0: Welcome to the Loved Called Gifted podcast. This is your place to come for musings about spirituality, identity, and purpose. I'm your host, Catherine Cowell. So I'm really delighted to be with Howard Jones in Cobridge. Yes. So do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Of course, yeah. Okay. I'm Howard and my Wi-Fi owner and I moved here to Cobridge in 2009. So we've been here about 13 and a half years now. I'm a Baptist minister. Before moving here, I'd been the Pastor in charge of two Baptist churches, one in the Cotswolds, one in Solihull. So I'd done 21 years of, of doing that. And in the lead up to our move, we'd sort of started to think that maybe it's time for a change to do something different. Both of my previous churches, I'd gone to a church that was small and it had grown. Both churches are still alive, <laughs> which is rather nice to know. So I owner asked, You want to do it yet? Find a little church go there and build it up He says, no, not I I think what what I'd like to do is just go somewhere and start with absolutely nothing. Mm. Start absolutely from scratch. And, and that was an interesting thought, but we sort of explored it and, and eventually we we linked up with a organization called Urban Expression, which has lots of small teams around the country doing just that kind of thing. It's not just urban anymore. They they do them sometimes in rural areas. But I think the, the chief characteristic is that they're, they're places where the church is not thriving. Yeah. So urban expression helps and supports and enables and trains people who feel called by God to go into places like that and just say, let us go there and see what the Spirit will do. So that's what we felt, and, and they seemed like a right fit for us. So we came here in 2009, just Iona and me, having done 21 years of busy Baptist ministry. We started, as I said, with with just this house that we're sitting in, in Cobridge.
0: So going back a bit, what was it that drew you into Baptist ministry in the first place?
1: Well, I I think actually I, be, I became a Christian in my teens. Uh, a bit before my fifteenth birthday and and I was in a a large, thriving evangelical Anglican church in the outer suburbs of London. I just enjoyed the whole thing of the Bible and speaking and teaching and that, that that kind of thing. And and I had this picture of one day being a minister. I, I did actually explore Anglican ministry when I was a teenager and they very sensibly said, go do something else first. <laughs> and uh, so I did. I went to university. I became a music teacher, which was a very, very bad fit for me. I I, I just wasn't fitted for teaching in a secondary school at all I, it it was i was the wrong person for it i feel sorry for the poor kids <laughs> i taught or rather more accurately failed to teach <laughs> and at that time i was playing in a band we were living in slough we we looked around for a church and we we found slough baptist church and it just seemed like a really good fit for us emotionally and theologically and everything, and we just sort of liked it. And, and so I was married to Iona by then and, and um, she said, look, is this what you want to do, being in the band for the rest of, you know, that's that, the," she says, well, no, I said, "All I really, ever really want to do is be the minister of a church. And then <laughs> her jaw hit the floor. And-, <laughs> <laughs> and so I suppose when we explored ministry, it was, it was in the Baptist church. I think often, you know, people tend not to go into particular denominations for denominational reasons. It's largely because they've found a church and they feel comfortable there and so that's the sort of shape of the church they go into.
0: So the the desire for ministry to be a yeah. church minister was mm. kind of, was running through you yeah. since your yeah. teenage years Yeah, and exactly what colour of church?
1: was less important. Yeah, with, with uh desire to see the the movement and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. and So you went to the Cotswolds? Hmm. Yes, I know. That was weird, wasn't it? Because uh, there was the last place on earth we thought we'd end up. Uh, we, we went to train at, at Regent's Park in Oxford when our daughter was five weeks old We moved there. We thought we'd probably end up somewhere, you know, exciting and groovy. And and I went out on a preach in my first year to this little tiny church out in the Cotswolds in a place called Chipping Camden, which is this beautiful Cotswold, size of a village, but it calls itself a town. And in this little tiny Baptist church with about 20 or 30 mainly elderly people, but but I just loved them, and and, and the, at the end of the service, one of them said, "We have to see when when you uh, when you finish training, if we, maybe we'd be ready to have a minister there." But they they didn't have enough money to to have a minister. Mm-hmm. They, they they called me uh, in in my second year, so I I went through the rest of my training knowing I was going to that that church, and I and it was a actually a great place to start. Uh, I think if I thrust straight into some urban setting then I, I think I'd have been quickly overwhelmed. Yeah. So I, I just started there.
0: So what did you discover about <coughs> about what kind of minister you you were and what what the sort of
1: it's it's funny, you know. I'm in in my sort of uh, the latter half of my 60s now, and and it's funny when you get to that age, you, you do start, and an awful lot of it is kind of looking back and think, oh my goodness, did I do that? <laughs> oh, did I say that? Oh my good, I did, didn't I? Uh, but I suppose really, I, I'm I'm a performer. One of my gifts and skills is is in storytelling, performing, and preaching. And and worship leading, it's not that they are a performance, but they are both require performance skills to yes. to click. Do you know what I mean? The difference, uh, you know, there are people who just do it to show off, and I've always had this paranoid fear. Oh, I'm just showing off. Actually, there is a something about projecting. That's what brings a, a sermon and and actually a, a worship session alive. Martin Lloyd Jones used to say a boring preacher is a contradiction in terms if they're boring they're not preaching
0: mm. so the preaching and the kind of the yeah. performing and
1: and bringing yeah. life to something
0: yeah. in order to connect with people
1: definitely yeah. yeah so i i know that that's that's largely where my sort of skill set lies that's part of that's a big part of me I still absolutely love storytelling. I've always loved storytelling. Yeah. And I loved reading to my kids. I loved reading to my granddaughter, you know, reading stories and doing the voices and all, all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's it's magic to me. I, I love it.
0: Yeah. So what else do you think you discovered about where your gifts and your passions lie in that first church?
1: You have to build up other skills in areas that, that where they're not so... Yeah. Prevalent. <laughs> so uh, there, there are there are people whose whose whole personality and skill set is just loves sitting with people chatting and, and, and listening. This is a very pastoral type of thing, and I that was one of the things that I had to work a bit more at. Yeah. And organizing. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of organizing, a lot of church ministries organizing and organising people. Obviously, you have to work on those other, other parts of yeah. of the ministerial life that... Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, everyone is different and, and yeah. we've all got different high areas and low areas.
0: Yes. Does that make sense? It does, it makes perfect sense. So you were in the Cotswolds
1: for seven how many years? For seven years. Seven years, years yeah. and then started to think, no, it's time, it's time for the church as well for for me to move. Yeah. We went to Alton which is part of uh, Solihull, you know, the, the the posh part of Birmingham <laughs> you could call it. We live we in order to get a house we had to live over the over the border in Birmingham a B27 postcode was a lot cheaper than a B90 postcode. And again it it had been a plant from another thriving Baptist church and had gone through a bit of a difficult time and and just wanted someone to to bring them together and encourage them and they like me and I like them so uh, we <laughs> i suppose' uh, we have to bring uh, uh you know recognize the the work of the lord in in that too but yes uh, yeah
0: you
1: know, it was a good fit and we and we started there and and I was actually there for fourteen years yeah yeah
0: and I think when we were talking before we started recording, you said
1: that you'd seen some growth in both of those churches. Oh yeah, definitely the, the, both churches grew and yeah, I'd say thrived. yeah so that was that was wonderful to see.
0: I, I'm wondering if there are sort of moments of things that you look back at and you think that was that thing that we did was really good, was successful was
1: in both churches I did sort of encourage the church in it at at one point to, to do a sort of particularly concentrated mission time. Yeah. Though those are project times. But I, I don't think there's a I don't think I would I would actually say, oh yeah. I remember in, in this particular year we did this particular thing and that was a that was a high point. It was it was basically in each church there was just that long process of doing what you're doing and 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 keeping keeping going and just keeping trying to keep the church well fed and enthused and encouraged and yeah and as somebody who likes to perform, taking the stage every week. Well, yes, yes. It's a there's a funny kind of two edged thing. It's it's one of those things you're not supposed to admit to <laughs> in Christian circles that you kind of enjoy that, or, or you're are supposed you think, to. Say, oh, well I'm a bit ashamed. Yes, I, I'm afraid I do like to do that.
0: But but so we'd prefer to have people stand up and preach who don't really like it, who are bringing an element of performance, but only because they have to, rather than because it's something Thing
1: that you're talented at <laughs> aren't, aren't we a crazy mixed up bunch yeah, yeah. Uh, you know um it's more important who you are to try and walk humbly with with God keep an ear open to the spirit and and that's that's actually the whole the whole shooting match really that at the end of the day that is really the thing that counts it's its character
0: yes yeah. and and having having known you a bit for a while I mm. would I was n- nowhere close to what I was thinking, listening to you, that you would just perform. I I think what the impression that I would have is that actually, when you're talking about enjoying the performance, that that is a way of communicating what's within, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the last few years, uh, I've been doing a a Mark's Gospel. I started learning it I think back in two thousand and fourteen or fifteen. And it took me a few years to sort of get get it all in my head. But um then I I teamed up with a friend of mine called Frank McGregor who's who's an actor and, and a lovely guy and said, Look, I've I've done this. I I can't just do it for my own interest. I want to I want to tell tell this to people. And yeah. We we worked together and he coached me and oh we, we did all sorts of we had Curtains and lights and and stage props and boxes and, and we had a great trailer full of bumf that we used to drag around and and it took three people with a combined age of over 180 to sort of <laughs> kind of lugging all this gear around in the country and setting up. But it was I mean that that was really plugged into who I was and I I I loved loved and and still do I love telling the story of Jesus in a way that brings it to life.
0: Yeah, I think there's a really good kind of example of of the sense that I I get of you because Mark's gospel isn't isn't Howard telling Howard's yeah. story and thoughts. It's presenting it's presenting the story of Jesus. Yeah. So there is a sense in which you are you are both on stage but not on stage. Yeah, because absolutely. it's not yeah. it's not you. Um, yeah, and it yeah. was good. Yeah. It's good. I took my <laughs> I took my I took my youngest. Yeah, he was supposed to be in respite care and I was going to come and watch and he'd refused so we were both there and I thought i oh, would blow it I really want to come and see this so we came along and he was riveted by it and insisted that we needed to come back the next night so we came twice
1: fantastic <laughs> well that's well that's most gratifying <laughs> the thing is uh, about that is yeah as, exactly as you say really the the exciting thing is the story of Jesus he's yeah. trying to get that across when you watch royal things on the telly and they do the service in in westminster abbey or, or whatever and you get so-and-so up to do the reading Oh, they're awful. <laughs> like, I see say, why, why didn't they ask me? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, eh? <laughs> so I'm
0: imagining you in your churches and things are growing and they're quite successful. And you go along to conferences and you meet with your fellow ministers. And I imagine that that was quite a comfortable place to be because the <laughs>
1: you imagine wrong <laughs> oh, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. it was the it was purgatory i used to come back from ministers conferences and Iona said why did you do it to yourself why did you go to these things because uh, i would always come back mega depressed um right super depressed because, uh, you know, I would hear all these great stories and inspiring stories of these people who've done this, who've got this amazing ministry and doing this and doing that and doing the other. And, and I'd always listen to them and think, oh, I haven't done that. Oh, oh I haven't done that. oh." I
0: so being part of a successful growing church did not make you immune to feeling that it was all a bit useless?
1: Oh, no. Absolutely not. And and I'm I'm just being honest really. It, it's it, for, for me anyway, I'm a negative comparer. That's not a virtue, it's it's the opposite really. But but it's uh it's just one of the facts of my personality that I have to have to sort of try and deal with and, and try and, and I suppose grow through really because it, it, it's not it's not a good thing, it's a bad thing really. It's kind of saying to God, you know, your work in me—it's not really very good, is it? It's a bit rude, really, isn't it? It's—it's <laughs> uh, it's kind of saying, you know, uh, well, you're doing a great job with everybody else, but with me, no, you know, I'm afraid you've—you've you've got to pull your finger out, and—and it's—it's not right. It's just not right.
0: Has it diminished, or is it still a... there?
1: It, it's still there somewhere, definitely. Like, like I said about, I have to realise that. Performing and, and that kind of thing is is actually a part something that brings me joy and it's a part of who I actually am as a person. Yeah. Well, this is also part of who I am as a person, but it's not a very good part. <laughs> so everybody has different struggles or or a, a different cocktail of struggles. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah,
0: I think I think that's I think that's very true and and working out where our where our self-worth and our value comes from, mm. letting go of that sense that it, it comes in having done the right kind of project or had the right kind of success.
1: Well, let me tell you, there's two super big churches in America, Saddleback Church and Willow Creek Church. And both of mm. those guys, I mean, they they just do this amazing, amazing job and thousands, you know, they've influenced literally millions, and they, they do this in incredible work, and, and so, of course, I compare myself with them, don't I, and say, why aren't I Bill Hybels? And and, and often, often, you know, the Lord has had to say to me, I'm very glad that there's, there's one of him, but I'm also very glad there's one of you. I, mm. I don't need you to be him, I need you to be you. You, yeah. you don't have to do what these other people do. You have to do what I'm calling you to do.
0: You have to do Howard Jennings. Yeah, exactly.
1: because yeah. because you do. You compare yourself, and 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 you're never going to win that. Kind of, it's like sort of a, a jogger in the park saying, "Why can't that butane bolt kind of thing?" <laughs> but it's surprisingly it's surprisingly hard to sort of shake off that because I think our our whole society is geared around this. Um, Competitive, uh, you know, there there is an up, <laughs> an up is bigger, up is richer, up is sparklier. That is the direction to go. If, you know that the whole thing of, I suppose the the Western world we live in is, you know, whoever dies with the most toys wins. Wins what?
0: <laughs> and we have a version of that in the christian world don't we so whoever dies with the with the most church growth with yeah. with the largest number of books with yeah. the best international speaking career
1: or the or, you know, most people come who come to christ through your ministry and yeah. and uh the most uh, the, the most the most the most if you have the kind of gifts and the kind of personality from God to be able to inspire and lead and enable a movement, rather than uh, you know, then for goodness' sake, do it. Bless them. They, they, they I, I'm, I'm glad that they're doing what they're doing. Gen- genuinely, so it's, it's super. But I, I know that that's not a thing I could do. So interestingly,
0: Howard, given that you sort of have this sense of of wanting a certain amount of success, you moved to Cobridge. Correct. What was the what was the urge behind that? What was stirring
1: in you? <laughs> well, um I think In part of our exploring stage, where we were sort of thinking about this whole concept of going somewhere with nothing, this this is where we encountered urban expression. Yeah. And one of the things that really struck us, they they did a presentation at the Heart of England Baptist Association Day, and we went to it. They had this map of the UK made out of um, floor tiles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they put all these like Jenga blocks and, and little little blocks and, and they, they, they just laid them out and they said these are the areas of greatest poverty
0: mm.
1: and uh the the areas of, of greatest need. But they said basically these these are the places where the church is not absent, but these are not the areas of the greatest church presence. I said, think about that. Why Why is it that the church sort of tends to move to the uh, suburbs and uh, the, you know. Uh,
0: and the posh places, which is where you'd been most of your Christian life. It's really where I've been. Uh,
1: it's time to actually move somewhere else. Me, I never thought of myself as posh, but I am. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm sort of, I was brought up in the rich um, suburbs of of London. My dad worked in the city. I, I went to a public school. I, I had absolutely no self awareness of that. So in on paper, I'm I'm the very worst person in the world to come to. It's like uh, Cobridge. It's it, it is a it is a, one of the poorer areas of Stoke on Trent. It's a place where people want to get out of. Yeah. But we we love it. We we just it started really, we, we thought our, our sort of exploring around Stoke, moved to sort of Burslem, and then I found this house. We looked at it and again it looked unpromising, but then we came here and, and we just knew that this was the place. It, it started with the house really. Mm. This this house and then with the house comes the 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 neighborhood. Because the whole thing about this is is actually being genuinely part of a neighborhood yeah being just moving in and living there as people, so that's what we decided to do we 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 just well we decided we we felt that this was the place we had to be, so we moved here and and it's great we we've never regretted. Move into Cobridge because we love this neighbourhood, mm. and, and it—you know—we still do. It still has a feeling of hope to us. Mm. You always have to be a, a, aware of of well, how can I can put this: the motives that aren't very good. Mm. And I suppose you have to watch out for the the sort of saviour complex. Yes. Um. And and it's it's not a good thing. <laughs> and I'm I'm. Quite sure that probably there was a, a little bit of that in me. I don't know, maybe. But we, we, you know that there's there is a savior, and it's not it's not us. Mm. Our job is not to save this place. Our job is to live here and be here, and to attempt to be Christ to whoever it brings in our way, and and whoever we meet mm. to try and just live uh, an authentically Christian, humble, loving, helpful type of life with our neighbours, with, with, with people. That's kind of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Be a blessing. Well, one of the stories in the Bible that got me here was the story of Abraham hmm. moving from from a place where he was comfortable. In yeah. Haran, and moving to a place that God would show him, and moving into this this uh, area called Canaan that he didn't know, where he knew no one, he was nothing but. He, but God said, "I will take you there. And I'll I will bless you, and through you, people will be blessed." Hmm. And I suppose that if you ask us, what what uh, an expression, Cobridge, what is it here to do? Be a blessing, be a blessing to this neighbourhood. Yeah.
0: And what are some of the, what have been some of the signs of that blessing? What are some of the things that you look back or you look at and you think, yeah, we've made a difference there?
1: Hmm.
0: Or is that the uh, well, wrong phrase even? It, it, well,
1: yeah, uh, I have to answer in categories that, that aren't part of the sort of church growth movement type of yep. uh, language really. Uh, uh, we're talking in in terms of of just Encounters people, mm. many of whom we 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 know and smile at, and some of whom um, we don't know so well now. You know, just just because you, you you I think each person has the capacity to truly know and influence and, and be engaged and involved with a limited number of people. Yeah. So. When we first moved here, I I went up the road to the the local primary school, and said, "Well, one of the things I did was assemblies. I could mm-hmm. I could do assemblies. Do what you can do." So I I moved out. I remember one one time early on, our daughters got us two chickens that night. So I thought. Well, that'd be fun. So <laughs> I I took one of the chickens in <laughs> to, when I did an assembly, and of course, being a chicken, it pooed on the floor, and the, the kids killed themselves laughing, and they, they, it was it was just terrific. I get I get seventeen, eighteen year old young men with with beards come up to it. Hiya, you remember me? <laughs> and and I say. I'm afraid I don't <laughs> I was at school you brought that chicken in and and it's it's a stupid thing really, but there are sort of young young people around Cobridge who are, when I walk down the street they they just smile at me because I suppose it's just use, using what I had yeah um made it. That every so often, in their school <laughs> assembly, was real fun, <laughs> and uh, they enjoyed it. And, and um, then we we started a toddler group. I got involved in a little toddler group down at the community centre. Then that 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 closed, and so thought, uh, so, well, this place needs a toddler group. So we started one up, and it's still it's still going, still thriving. So there is this constant stream of of, of tiny children. So, I I spend a lot of my time singing the wheels on the bus and all that, and um, it's just it's all always very simple. It is people come in, the kids play with toys. We have some fruit and toast, and then then do some songs. Uh, There's nothing religious really. I once once a year I'll do the Christmas story with teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> which, which always goes down <laughs> I've got a glove puppet of Zippy who's always the in, in keeper. <laughs> <laughs> Older people will know who that is. But you 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 just get in at the ground floor of of, of these little kids' lives and, and uh their parents too and just be a try and be a blessing to them. Mm. Yeah, there's there's people we know, people we've had we have and have had relationship with and and who just, uh, I suppose in a quiet way we're we're able to say we've brought something of the Lord to them. Yes. I hope. (laughs) Yeah. This is not a sort of exercise where you can score, where you can keep score. Mm. You know, there aren't, it's not very numbers based. And I suppose this was part, for me, part of the struggle when we moved here.
0: Yeah.
1: Because uh, for for one thing when when you're a pastor you're you're the pastor, yes, even if its w- within a fairly closed group there there is a definite status to that and you you're a you're an important person you're a, per- a person who people listen to and people have to take into consideration <laughs> when we moved here uh moved from being that person to being absolutely nothing. Nobody at all, I remember still walking around the streets. I think I'd been up to the doctors and was walking back through one of the local estates and just thinking, what, what have I done? Who am I? I had a job. What am I doing here I, I, I remember waking up with night sweats, thinking I'd no idea what I'm doing." I don't know if it's of any value or ever will be, and I suppose you—it sounds very good. You know, we've become downwardly mobile. Like, oh, wow, <laughs> oh, that sounds so impressive! Well, what a Christian thing to do! But, but when you do it, you sort of think, well, with it goes that loss of status and, and knowing what what on earth you're doing.
0: Yeah. Because along along with the status, actually, there are a number of things that you have to do if you're running a church. Earlier, we were talking about kind of rotas and organising things. You wake up on a Monday morning and you've got a to-do list, whereas here, what do there I do? isn't no
1: to-do yeah. list. So, I mean, we we did all kinds of things in, in the community. We, we'd organise community picnics in the park and events out in the park. And we got very involved in the community, local community centre. The toddlers, we, we 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 set up a youth club uh, in the to- in the community centre, and a spin-off youth sports <laughs> activity. We didn't do the sport, but I I I was there, and and uh, you know we were just turned up and, and got to know these these young people and and sort of butted heads with them. <laughs> I remember one time. A group of travellers came and parked their caravans on the the football field yeah. out in Grange Estate, and, and oh my goodness, you you think the worst thing in the world had happened? Uh, you know, all kinds of prejudices and, and 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 fears and and everything came out. We just thought, well, we went home. We we listened to all this stuff, and and we went home and baked some. Cupcakes hmm. and took them, took them to the traveller camp and, and said, "We've just come round to bring you some cupcakes." To say, "Not is <laughs> not happy to see you." Just, just, I mean, it's just, it's a cupcake, isn't it? It's, it's not a, it's not a huge thing. Where do you chalk that up on the, on the scoreboard of of church success? uh you know i what did you do with your life well i i did give a cupcake to someone it, it doesn't sound that, that that amazing and 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 then we we said do you know this is the football f- if you if you moved over to that area o- of the field over there you know people could have their football pitch back and, and that might help so they, they took our suggestion <laughs> actually wow and um and you know, I I think I, I think some some of the local people started a bit of a football match with them with some of the young youngsters. But I mean, they weren't there very long. They were there for a wedding and they, they were there for a couple of days and moved off again. Mm. But uh, it it was I don't know if what we did was very much, but it 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 uh, a bit of pouring oil on troubled waters and and um, try trying to be. A, a, a quiet peaceful influence it just seemed like that was the thing for us to do
0: takes a bit of courage though i think to go Mm -hmm. round and hand cupcakes to a group of people that you don't don't know know. i didn't think think about it we we didn't
1: think about it we just thought that that, the people yeah
0: yeah. they're
1: just people People. and if you most people if you approach them genuinely and humbly and not in a kind of um, cheesy grin type of way, and just just say hello. <laughs> and it's not quite, hmm. You know,
0: how has your view of of God and Jesus shifted? Do you think in these fourteen years?
1: Hmm. I I would I would sum it up as radical acceptance. Hmm. That's one of the things you observe in the gospel. Yeah. um Jesus hung out with all the wrong people mm. and he he just ruthlessly uh, almost showed them this this radical acceptance uh he really really did take them as they were so he had a, a tax collector he had a The proto terrorist Simon the Zealot—they were sort of like a what uh, some people called a a terrorist group. He had Judas. (laughs) Yes, he had. He chose Judas. Um, He chose people no one, no one really had the time of day for. He touched lepers. He he touched dead people. He broke the taboos everywhere
0: Mm.
1: in order to show this radical acceptance. Of people, yeah I just think that our our world at the moment is polarized and becoming increasingly polarized. It's becoming increasingly binary. you yeah. know you are either for team A or team b and which whichever way you go team a or team B is the good guys and the other are the devil and and social media is all over this because it's they've monetized it. Mm. Because it it makes them billions of billions and billions of dollars in in advertising. If it, you know, it's far more profitable to get people into two camps filled with fear and hatred and and resentment, shouting obscenities at each other, uh, because it generates the clicks. You know, that's that's the world we live in. That's the political world we live in. Mm. You know, people just. Don't talk to each other anymore. They shout at each other or or threaten to kill each other, and I'm afraid to say that that the church is often involved in that. It, yeah. the, it, it's it's not part of the solution. And I think, I suppose that 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 radical acceptance of Jesus that that's the that's the, I would say the kingdom seed, the yes. kingdom principle. Yeah, you know, he told that story of the little mustard seed that you plant it in the ground and it looks like absolutely nothing and it grows and becomes just the biggest of all the all the plants and the birds of the air make their nests in its branches. Uh, there's something in that, isn't there? Mm. So I I think I think that this that the radical acceptance of God for people, his willingness to to Love and care for them and, and affirm them is, uh, it's not that I've never thought that before. I've I guess I've always thought it, but, but it's become stronger and deeper and, and more important. Yes. More, more, more central.
0: Yeah. Is yeah. <laughs> yeah. From what you said, you've, you've, Worked to model that and to be Jesus in that community, in this community, in that way. I wonder if you've, yeah. I, I wonder if you've also been on the receiving end of that radical
1: acceptance. You mean from from people? Yeah, yeah.
0: As a as yeah. a posh boy from. Well, yes,
1: yes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> absolutely. You know, I I've I thought what what there's absolutely no point trying to hide my accent or myself or, or you know try to pretend to be something people just they accept they accept me we're so grateful for our neighbors our next-door neighbors the white stokey been here for forever yeah and um we absolutely love them uh we went during lockdown we had a sort of tea over, over the garden wall <laughs> we, we had to be socially distanced but we i got some scones and we just had had tea you know so so and and they're just they're just brilliant neighbours and and they we 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 accept them they accept us and, and it's wonderful our next door neighbours the other way is a very large Muslim family all sorts of interesting things going on <laughs> in their lives we absolutely love them and and they uh, they they're, they're, they're brilliant neighbours they're, they're absolutely wonderful to have them mm. as neighbours and and they they love having us as neighbours. And we make them laugh, and and <laughs> and, and when the chips are down, I remember one time one of the children was, you know, it was a kind of call the doctors out type of uh, ill, and, and one of the girls came and said, "Would you come?" And we just went in, sat with them, comforted them, prayed with them, and then we, then came back home again. You know, that, that was it was just it was just like nice (laughs) and um different relationships but but yeah accepted and it's great i wonder if there are things that the people
0: that you have spent time with and been in community with around here are there things that you think you've learned from them oh yes of course
1: of course i mean i I think it's just the experience of living here Mm. That's that's been the life lesson. So we uh, all of them are to thank. Yes, it's not that. Oh yes, person A taught me this valuable life, and and person B, you know, said this. Then I thought, mm. it, it's more that just the experience. I think of of living in this place and being part of it and doing life this way mm. has been an incredibly good life lesson.
0: <laughs> in what ways do you think
1: you have? changed and grown i think i've relaxed a bit more Mm. i think i've learned the or i'm learning still learning that the value of the little and the the unspectacular Mm. i mean we grandparents now we've got a wonderful wonderful Little five and a half year old granddaughter, who's the, just the joy of our lives, and and being able to to be with her, to be like her safe space. That this house is a safe, safe space for her, a happy space. That's incredibly important. You know that singing the wheels on the bus with 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 the toddler group, hmm. um, and then. See, seeing Jesus we're looking at arguing bickering disciples saying who's the greatest who's the greatest I'm the greatest no you're not I'm the greatest I'm the greatest and what the, he said what you've been arguing what were you arguing about says, they all kept quiet because they'd been arguing about who was the greatest so he takes a little child you know one of, one of our toddlers and, and brings this little person up and says if you accept one of these little ones in my name then you, you accept me You welcome me. And if you welcome me, you're not just welcoming me, you know, you're welcoming the one who sent me. Hmm. You want to be great? (laughs) Look at these little guys. I I can remember back in my church days, toddler group, the background thinking is always, Yeah, but how can we get these people to church? Hmm. How can we use this to enable these people to come to proper church? And and actually I kind of think, well, why isn't this church? Mm. This is in a sense we have in church, but we're not, there isn't a sermon, there isn't a Bible reading, there isn't prayer time, but, but we are we're welcoming and accepting and, and loving these parents and carers and grandparents and their kids. And, and as we do that, we welcome Jesus.
0: Yes. It means that you can value the encounter that you're actually having with somebody I And experience that at a deeper level when you've not also got this subtext running mm-hmm. in the back of your mind, which is, OK, well, this is all right, this conversation, but, but where's it going? How do move it
1: to the one I really, really want, you know, that, yeah. that I really ought to have? Yeah. Well, There's a lot of ought in there, isn't there? There is a lot of ought um, in and, there. And, uh, but then, you know, I don't want to say in, in this to to the churches that are doing a different thing. Oh, you're doing it all wrong. You all, all, Everyone ought to do it like me. No, I just think that this is the way I've got to be and, and we've got to be. Uh, but, but I mean, the, the kingdom is bigger than the church and the church is bigger than what it looks. Yes,
0: thank you, Howard. That's been great. You are entirely welcome. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Loved Called Gifted podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email lovedcalledgifted at gmail.com. You can find a transcript of this podcast at lovedcalledgifted.com. And that's also the place to go if you're interested in the Loved Called Gifted course, or if you'd like to find out about spiritual direction or coaching. Thank you for listening.